I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, one and four certainly sounds a lot better than zero and five, as the Denver Broncos picked up their first win of the 2019 season against the Los Angeles Chargers on the road, AFC West opponent, and it's a good thing. It's good that they won. Um, I know a conversation out there is that maybe they should be tanking for draft picks, but the Denver Broncos are not the Miami Dolphins, and we're going to go into that a little bit. But for me. The biggest question right now still looms around the best player on the team, Von Miller. Is Von Miller going to be able to figure things out with Vic Fangio? We're going to take a look at that. What's going on, guys? This is Luke from Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. And again, I I don't want to get too high or too low on this win against the Chargers. Now, it was a win that the Denver Broncos definitely needed to get, and Vic Fangio desperately needed to get. It's his first win as head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, you could see that players were obviously very happy to get that win on the road. And bottom line in the NFL, winning cures everything. It was a week ago on these airwaves that I was debating some of the reasons why John Elway, whether you think it, agree with it or not, disagree with it or not, but why John Elway should or shouldn't be fired. And here we are a week later saying, oh, here we go. The Tennessee Titans are coming to town. The Broncos are favored. And 
with this win, we can't get too high and we can't get too low on it. I want to go over it a little bit and then talk about Tennessee moving forward. But we opened the show with Von Miller. Is he being utilized in the correct way? Is Vic Fangio being too critical of Von? Is Von happy? Those are all questions that we need to look at because they matter, folks. They really do. Von Miller, your Super Bowl 50 MVP. He is the Denver Broncos franchise. He's essentially your quarterback of the defense, meaning that Vaughn is your leader, Vaughn is your best player, and Vaughn is your franchise. It's that simple. Now, as I looked at some of the game film yesterday, coaches' films usually released on Tuesdays, I implore everyone, go get Game Pass. Watch the coaches' film. It does not take a rocket scientist to regurgitate the game of football, especially when you cut out all the fluff, all the commercials, all the ads, all the commentating, all that stuff. You have multiple camera angles. You can view things from the safety, backfield, things of that nature. The game film does not lie. And one of the most common arguments I'm hearing amongst Broncos country right now is that Von Miller's not being utilized the correct way. He's dropping back into coverage, and he's being double teamed. He's being chipped. And when you start to look at some of the stats and some of the next-gen stats provided on uh, specific websites, I'm just going to say that, um, there is the ability for some staffers and some uh, analysts to look at some next-gen stats, and these next-gen stats, they're, they're advanced data, if you will. And I've always been one of those people that said data can be used for either a pro argument or a disagreement argument. But when you look at it, Von Miller's being double-teamed and chipped less than 25% of the time. So that other 75%, I know that we're seeing a lot of effective tackles with wrapping up in the run game and things like that but i'm not seeing the old vaughn i'm not seeing the guy that seems to be putting out the 100 max effort on every single play i just i'm not seeing it it makes me wonder how hungry vaughn is how thirsty vaughn is and how happy vaughn is there were reports that jim nance and tony romo immediately revealed after kickoff that Von Miller's talking to his agent about how unhappy he is. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but something along the lines of his agent had responded, just go out there and have fun. Everything else will take care of itself. Well, while winning game is fun, while winning one game is fun, winning lots of games is a lot funner. And Von Miller's a fun guy. And the Broncos are not a fun team right now. Why? Because they're one in four. They've lost four games. Now, it can be argued they should have won two. That's a fair argument. But you know what? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. It didn't get done. They've won a single game in 2019. They have yet to win a game at home in 2019. So is Von Miller happy? Because it seems like right now Vic Fangio seems lukewarm in his praise to quote mike evans on 1043 the fan very lukewarm in his praise of vic of von miller and what i mean by that is when asked after the game how do you think von did you know he had said something along the lines of i think he did okay he had a couple okay rushes here and there and we have yet to see vic fangio fully come out and give von a really good compliment or 
um, really go out of his way to talk to Vaughn. Now, on the opposite side of that, you look at Bradley Chubb, and if you ask Coach about Bradley Chubb, he'll talk to you for 20 minutes. I've seen it out there at training camp as guys have asked him, what about Bradley Chubb makes him so special right after Vaughn? And you'll get a short answer for Vaughn and a 20-minute answer for Chubb. So right there, I think that the old saying, perception is reality in the NFL, really applies. Now, if it's just me, something that I'm wondering, does Vic Fangio even care for Vaughn Miller? Does he, what's his honest opinion of Vaughn Miller? I mean, do you get a beer in this coach and and you and him just in the bar, one-on-one, middle of the night? Do you expect his answer to be, yeah, Vaughn's a great player and I'm excited to have him? Or, Vaughn was a great player, he has the potential to be a great player, I don't know if we'll get that. And right now, I'm leaning towards the latter of those two answers. And that's very discouraging if you're a member of Broncos country. And if you're on the team, in the locker room, and your Super Bowl 50 vets have whittled to, what is it, on the offense, Emmanuel Sanders? Is he the only one on the offense? And then you look at the defense, you look at Derek Wolf, um, of course, Chris Harris Jr., Vaughn Miller. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few players, but... Brandon McManus, kicker. But you look at the team as a whole, and it's made up of a lot of rookies, a lot of younger players, and then these Super Bowl 50 old dogs. And when Vaughn Miller's being called out, what seems like on a week-by-week basis from head coach Vic Fangio, what kind of message does that send to your locker room? Now, initially, when Coach was first introduced, and he introduced the death by inches mantra and everything like that, I was really excited to hear about, I think Vaughn has the potential to be better. Because for me, that does one of two things. That's either going to make Vaughn better, or two, that's going to put your locker room on notice that the coach is saying the best player in the room, in the entire locker room organization, has the ability to be better. That tells every other guy that the expectations from this head coach are vastly different than the expectations from Vance Joseph. Now, I miss Vance Joseph because I miss those great drops, you know, from Vance Joseph, and I find myself using them all the time and drive my friends and my wife crazy with it. But look at Von Miller. Just look at his body language. Sometimes body language says a lot. Sometimes silence is deafening. And... I'm not seeing the same Vaughn that I saw in Super Bowl 50. Granted, he's a lot younger, and I think he was around 26 then. And he's closer to 30 now, but I could be mistaken. Um, You know, that that comes with time. And obviously a different game, different stage, different team. However, um, Vaughn should still be in his prime right now. He should still be recording sacks, multiple sacks. And... They're just not translating. Now, where I will stick up for Vaughn a little bit is with some of those advanced data stats I was talking about. And I had heard on the radio from a really good friend of mine, Cecil Lammy. He's one of my best friends. Um, He has the ability to look up those advanced stats as well. And I had heard on the radio that um, there was an advanced stat that showed Vaughn Miller has more quarterback hurries 
than Khalil Mack does. Now, because I don't have access to those stats, it's hard for me to be pinned down on a specific number, but that made me scratch my chin a little bit and go, hmm, okay, I wonder how many of those hurries led to an interception last week or that or you know a fumble or uh incompletion things of that nature something that like an aspect like a hurry hurrying a rusher or getting on a quarterback right away forcing that incompletion or that three and out or that interception that could almost be a stat of its own but then you're just getting stat happy and the game flow tends to go another way when you have a rusher like Von Miller constantly riding your quarterback. And you saw him on Phillip Rivers. I mean, he was all over Phillip Rivers right behind him pretty much the entire game. But the Broncos still did not get a sack. And that's pretty frustrating considering that the team finally got turnovers. Two turnovers, but then they don't get any sacks. It's just kind of, you know, to quote VJ, it's mind-boggling, right? I mean, it's almost like when we were watching that game, Broncos country couldn't help but wonder, how are they going to screw this up next? Because that's what the Broncos have done this year. And I don't like saying that. I take no joy in saying that. I've been a lifelong Broncos fan my entire life. My wife and my daughter, the whole house has orange, bleeds orange. Now, I will say that I look things... I look at things objectively now that I'm covering the NFL and the Denver Broncos. I don't like to look at things just with orange and blue lenses. So I'm very critical when I say that Von Miller not having sacks is a terrible thing for the Denver Broncos. It's a terrible thing for Von Miller and his brand. And it's a terrible thing for Vic Fangio, this evil genius. And part of me is wondering, is it going to work? Is... Von Miller, are Von Miller and Vic Fangio compatible? That's a very good question when you stop back and you look at it. And the bottom line is, right now it's not working. They won a game. So for everybody that thinks they're going to go on this big winning streak, and they might. Who knows? They might. I could be wrong. It's happened before. But for anybody that thinks they're going to go on this huge winning streak and then all of a sudden Von Miller is going to flip the switch, I don't think you're going to see that. Especially with Bradley Chubb out with that ACL. Um, I do want to see a lot more out of the rookies. I want to see Malik Reed. I'd like to see him get in there a little bit more. Now, that being said, when you look at the defense, Mike Purcell, defensive tackle, I thought he played a very good game. Especially replacing Adam Gotsis as your starter. Uh, Derek Wolf is a savage. You know, Still in there after being beat up. Pretty much his whole career he's been hurt, right? And the guy refuses to back down and miss games. And I would just be ashamed if I didn't mention Kareem Jackson. Because Kareem Jackson was hands down the best defensive player out there. Maybe your best player the entire game. Kareem Jackson absolutely came to lay the wood. And he smacked the hell out of many chargers. Go ask him. They're all beat up. They're black and blue. Keenan Allen might be able to, you know, throw out there on Twitter that Chris Harris Jr. can't cover his or can't even carry his jock strap. And that's all a bunch of bull because Chris Harris Jr. locked down one of the best wide receivers in the AFC West, limited him to, I think, four four receptions. 
and uh, Keenan Allen was eventually gone. Uh, Austin Eckler was the entire offense for the Los Angeles Chargers. But looking at this defense, I do see uh, some signs of life. And when you look at those signs of life, you look at Alexander Johnson. Alexander, don't call me AJ. He doesn't want to be called AJ, folks. Alexander Johnson was... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm not going to say he was incredible, but he was a breath of fresh air. Because you wondered who was going to step up. For this linebacking core. Todd Davis essentially doing everything by himself out there. And Todd Davis was second on the team in seven tackles for this game. Kareem Jackson, surprise, surprise, led with eight. But then you have Alexander Johnson right behind him with six tackles and an interception. Debuting his first, uh, was it a start? His first start in the NFL. And that's what I like to see. Vic Fangio Likes Alexander Johnson a lot. He thinks he has a lot of potential. Um, Watching the film last night, Alexander Johnson has the ability to be where the ball is. Now, he was a few steps late and out of position on some of those plays, but that tells me that he can be coached in those areas. His football acumen, if you will, something Mark Schlereth talks about all the time, right? Football acumen, intelligence, everything matters from the shoulders up and I can't agree with it more because you see what happens when athletes who cannot survive in this league because they don't have the intelligence or the work ethic or the right uh, mentality of looking at professional football when you look at Alexander Johnson I think he does now he's taken a long road to get here but now that he's here There's some definite chatter of, Josie Jewell, are you going to get your job back? And while that's an interesting conversation, the Broncos are so thin, I don't think that they can write anyone off. I think at this point, they need warm bodies. They need warm bodies in the defensive backfield, and they need some warm bodies in the linebacking crew too. Um, That being said, Alexander Johnson, I'm looking for a better game against the Titans. Uh, I think you have a lot that you can work on. And I think as a defense, you know, you look at Justin Simmons also had a great game with two tackles and a pick. Um, But as a defense, I'm seeing some highlights and that should give Broncos country some hope. It should make Broncos country excited and should give you guys some confidence because there are some pieces on this defense and I said last week, Cortland Sutton and Dalton Reisner were the only players that I saw getting better for the Broncos. 
Well, I saw an improvement at linebacking with Alexander Johnson. I saw an improvement in the defensive backfield with Kareem Jackson becoming a run stopper. I saw Justin Simmons out there being the ball hawking safety we thought he would be. I like that. Now, offense? You know what? I like that too. Why? Because the first thing you got to talk about is the quarterback, right? This is a quarterback-driven league. The NFL is based on your starting quarterback. Anytime somebody asks you who your favorite team is, I don't care if they're the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots. I do care if they're the Oakland Raiders because that says a lot about you and who you are if you're a Raider fan, just because I hate them. I hate everything about the Raiders, everything. Their culture, I hate them. Hate them, hate them, hate them. That's the only team that I hate more than anything is the Oakland Raiders. And that's because I was born in Denver, Colorado, just the way it is. But when you look at any team in the league, any one of your friends, ask them, does your team have a starting quarterback? If the answer is yes, then you're good to go. If the answer is no, then you probably have more problems than the starting quarterback. Joe Flacco, he's a serviceable quarterback. Now, I'm not saying he's, I said it last week, he's not the answer, but he's not the problem either. And I've said it for three weeks now, and it's finally come. It's finally come to fruition. Now, I don't know if Rich Gangarello, I doubt he's listening to this podcast, but if you are, bro, I'm I'm right there with you, Rich. Let's let's stick in there, baby, because I told you 20 attempts for Joe Flacco would win you this game. Flacco went 14 for 20. Now, those aren't very impressive stats. When you look at that, that's 7 for 10, 70%, 182 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I do have a problem with that pick. Joe Flacco, I think, has thrown a pick the last three games. We can't have it. But 20 attempts, that shows that the running game, there was an emphasis on the running game. Now, not to get too uppity before I start getting into the rushing game, but you look at some of these receivers for the Denver Broncos. And Cortland Sutton. The guy continues to get better every week. Four catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. The thing that's really impressing me about Cortland Sutton is that he is a physical receiver. He does not shy away from contact. I like the fact that he is constantly working upfield. He does not use the sidelines as a crutch. He does not use the perimeter as a crutch. So I like it. I like what I'm seeing out of Cortland Sutton. Now, the receiving corps... This is something that's really interesting. Your second best receiver in that whole game, Phil Blingy. He had the same amount of catches, right? Four receptions, 33 yards. Not bad. Not bad. But not great either. Now, you start to look at the rest, and Hireman and Andrew Beck got a couple or one catch each. Uh, Royce Freeman got a couple catches. Noah Fant, your first round 2019 draft pick. One reception for six yards. You can't get that guy more involved in your game. I thought he was supposed to be this vertical threat. This this vertical offensive weapon that would stretch the field, that would help in the red zone. I'm not seeing it. Noah Fant has got to be utilized more. I'm not saying the Broncos need to pass it more. But I'm saying they need to make it easier for Joe Flacco and Noah Fant to have some chemistry. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if the guy's covered. I'm just not seeing it. He might as well be a ghost because I'm not seeing it with Noah Fant. Now, when you look to the rushing attack, 
Philip Lindsay, 15 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. You look at Royce Freeman, 13 carries and 61 yards. So, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with Rich Gangarillo on this one because he's not using his players the way he should. Royce Freeman is your banger. I've said it for weeks and I'm not going to stop saying it. He's your featured back. Philip Lindsay is your playmaker. Philip Lindsay does not need to take any abuse between the tackles. That's just, he doesn't need to do it. That's crazy. He already broke his wrist against the Raiders last year with a, with a decent hit. I don't need him taking any unnecessary hits that he doesn't need to take. That's where I need Royce Freeman in there. And if you're telling me that Royce Freeman is getting 13 carries for 61 yards, that's close to almost, what is that, 4. 4.3, 4.2? Don't make me do math. Yards a carry, I mean, that's that's pretty decent, right? So... Why not give Royce Freeman those extra seven carries and get him to 20 carries? I promise you he will get over 100 yards. And I will promise you the ability to use Philip Lindsay will also be there. You can do multiple things with both running backs. And they don't need to be running backs. What if you have them both in the game? Something I talk about with my friends all the time. They think I'm crazy. Argued with one of my best friends over the weekend. I'm saying I need Royce to be in there. And he's a CU buff. His his brother goes to CU. He's a huge Philip Lindsay fan. And I'm arguing with him. No, no, no. I don't need Lindsay used this way. This is only week five, uh, 17 week season. I don't want him to take the abuse. And he's telling me, Luke, look at this guy. The guy has 15 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. And you're not happy with that? And my response is, no, I'm not happy with that because it does not allow Royce Freeman to get going. It does not allow your offensive line to understand the two different styles between Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay because they're very different players. And that's obvious. That's very obvious. Philip Lindsay is more than athletic. He is a speed demon. And if you get him in open field, good luck. Royce Freeman, also very athletic, very strong. He has an excellent sense of balance. And his agility this year, I think, has improved significantly. And he's a bull. Bottom line, he's a bull. And he should be your featured bell cow running back of this offense. Now, I challenge you to think about this. You have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. They're both in the game. Let's say you're in a jumbo package, power eye formation, or let's say you're just in a power eye formation and you have Royce Freeman in there and Philip Lindsay out there. You have the ability to motion one of those guys out to the slot because guess what? They can both catch the ball, but you put Philip Lindsay out there on the slot, that's a mismatch against the linebacker. Guaranteed. You put... Royce Freeman in the backfield against a nickel defense, that's a mismatch for the defensive backs, guaranteed, because Freeman is going to run them down. It's that simple. Now, they got the win, so I can't be too critical of Rich Gangarillo. I do like one of the big things that I like about Rich Gangarillo this last week. I like the fact that it felt like his plays were scripted and that he was getting into a flow of the game. I liked that a lot early in the game. I thought it showed conviction. I thought it showed uh, that Rich Gangarello was confident. 
And that translated to success on the field as the Broncos took an early lead. Now, where I have a major problem with this offense is in the third quarter. Last week against the Chargers and against the Jacksonville Jaguars the week prior, zero points in the third quarter. Three and out. First down, second down, third down, punt. That tends to be the theme for the Denver Broncos in the third quarter, and it makes me concerned about Rich Gangarello's ability to adjust his game plan at halftime. Now, I know he doesn't have a lot of experience in this area, only having five games under his belt, but that's no excuse. You guys got an extra week. The Broncos got an extra week for the Hall of Fame game or whatever it was called, and they're still not clicking on all cylinders. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Training camp, OTAs, all that stuff, it's done. You're in the meat and potatoes of your season. Season's almost, what, a fifth, a quarter of the way done? Not even. So when your offense is failing to have anything going in the third quarter, tells me one of two things. Either your offensive coordinator is struggling to make adjustments, or if your team has the lead, they're willing to just take their foot off the gas and coast. And I'm not sure which is which right now, and I think time will eventually tell. Now, against this Tennessee Titans defense, you better get that first-round draft pick, Noah Fant, the ball, because the Tennessee Titans give up a ton of yards and a ton of plays to the tight ends. It's that simple. Now, Mike Vrabel for the Tennessee Titans, I think, runs a very disciplined and structured team i think that fundamentals are very sound with his defense and his interior defensive line but that should not let the broncos dictate how should i say this the broncos need to face the titans with the same deliberate game plan that is going to find them success And it's been the same blueprint since day one. Run the ball. Because the Tennessee Titans, they have a decent secondary. They really do. I'm expecting Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders to probably face their their, one of their bigger matchups outside of Chicago in the secondary. And this would be the perfect game for Noah Fant to have his coming out party. I know against Jacksonville, I was there. Noah Fant got his first touchdown. The most underwhelming rookie touchdown I've seen. I mean, Broncos country was thrilled. Anytime you get a touchdown, especially in 2019, it's good It's good stuff, right? It's good stuff. But Noah Fant not getting a lot of love because he's not really consistently a part of the game. Now, whether that's on him or the coach, we will have to find out. But right now as it sits, I'm sorry, Broncos country, but I got the Broncos losing another one at home to the Titans, making them 0-3 at home. And I've got a score of 20 to 17, a heartbreaker in the Mile High City. That being said, I do want to remind everybody that yesterday was Pat Bolin Day here in Denver, Colorado. And Mr. Bolin and Champ Bailey will be presented their Hall of Fame rings uh, on Sunday. A very classy and special moment for both men and their families. And, uh, uh, it's just crazy to me that Champ Champ's done, and we're going to be seeing him under these circumstances. Uh, hopefully it's under a win. 
because the circumstances at one and four aren't ideal for Pat or Champ to be celebrating anything. So I hope we get things figured out there. But Broncos country, you got to show up. I need you guys to show up on Sunday. I need you guys to be loud. I need you guys to have that mile-high magic. And I need you guys to stick it to the Tennessee Titans. Thank you guys for joining me here on this week's edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. I'm Luke, saying always believe in that mile-high magic.